Mm. And then people like me, you know, go at a deeper level, you know, take a blade, you know, in the middle of the night and make an effort to cut their nerve, but obviously don't, they're not successful because the fear of the pain, you know, takes over. That's what happened to me, you know. Mm. I was holding that blade in next to my wrist, you know, for a couple of nights. For this episode of Inspiring Explorers, we have with us an amazing personality who is a trainer, author, international speaker, lead trainer for Tony Robbins Unleash the Power Within Preview Events and the founder of The Brilliance Academy. This amazing soul is none other than Amandeep Thind. Amandeep Thind grew up in a one-room house in Kolkata. Being half Bengali and half Punjabi, he had to face many problems fitting in with the kids his age. He was bullied for being fat and for not being Bengali enough or Punjabi enough to an extent that he started doubting his self-image. This self-doubt and feeling of not being good enough grew up to an extent that one night he even tried to take his own life. And today, Amandeep has trained and worked with the best personalities in the training and development industry like T. Harv Ecker, Clinton Swain, Robert Kiyosaki, Blair Singer, Les Brown and of course Tony Robbins. In the past 10 years, Amandeep has trained over 10,000 directors, senior leaders and other professionals at every level in India's top and most ambitious professional practices. He travels around the world as an international speaker and as a lead trainer for Tony Robbins' preview events, Unleash the Power Within. Amandeep believes that when you overcome your fears and get out of your own way, you become a winner. I'm Anakshi Srivastava, your host for Inspiring Explorers, and I welcome you to the show Inspiring Explorers. Each week, I'll be interviewing some of the most successful personalities who will share with us their inspiring life journeys and some of the interesting travel experiences that are not limited to sightseeing. Guys, make sure you share this episode with your friends. Please do subscribe, follow, give a 5-star rating and hopefully a review. And also don't forget to come say hi to me on Instagram at the rate myboho-voyage. Now before I start this episode, let me inform you that we recorded this interview during the COVID-19 lockdown and hence the recording was done remotely. We were both sitting in our houses and recorded it online. So please don't mind the background noises and I hope you still enjoy it. So without making you wait anymore, let me welcome our amazing guest for today, an international speaker, trainer, author, and the founder of the Brilliance Academy, Amandeep Thind. Welcome to Inspiring Explorers, Amandeep. So blessed and happy to have you here. Thank you, Minakshi, for inviting me to this amazing podcast you run. God bless you, you know, for the wonderful work you're doing. And I'm feeling very happy, you know, to be part of this. Thank you so much, sir. Our pleasure to have you here as well. So, sir, my first question is that people know you as, uh, you know, the lead trainer for Tony Robbins, a very confident speaker, public speaker, mentor, author, coach. But were you always this confident since your childhood? Was this confidence inbuilt? So how was it? Was it always like that or was it different? I mean, I wish uh, I, I was this way, you know, from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, to, to give you the answer, you know, the straight answer and the honest answer, of course, you know, I was in my understanding and I was pretty opposite to what I am today. You know, people see me as one of that confident, charismatic, you know, energetic trainer person. Uh, but I was not this, you know, to begin with, because my journey mm-hmm. started uh, in a one room house in Calcutta uh, 42 years back. I grew up in the, in the outskirts of Calcutta mm. and uh, you know, I think the name has changed, but it used to be called as Dum Dum airport 
that's what I know, you know, from my childhood memories and, and the recollection of the word, you know, you get used to it. Hmm. So I literally, you know, just grew up maybe one and a half kilometers, two kilometers, you know, away from the actual, you know, airport where the flights would land. And my father was a taxi driver and I used to drive a taxi, uh, you know, at the airport to fetch a living, you know, for the family. Hmm. So living in a one room house with illiterate parents and uh, I'm a mixed child, you know, I've got Bengali origin, I've got Punjabi origin, my, my dad is Punjabi, my mom is Bengali. Hmm. And I was a bit overweight, you know, when I was growing up uh, as a child. Hmm. So being mixed, being uh, darker skin <laughs> and uh, being overweight, it all added up, you know, to the challenges of life. And I think I got, uh, I got shut down in the process. Um, you know, when I was shifted from a government Hindi medium school to a private English medium school when I was nine years old, uh, was a major change for me. I did not understand the language and I made a few mistakes. It was an embarrassing situation in, in my class. Uh, during my first, you know, class, I remember it was an English class, you know, we mm. had a Christian teacher, he had a mustache, uh, Simon, sir. Mm. I think uh, I shut down for many years until I realized that it is in me, you know, the power is within me to change my life. I got introduced to personal development uh, mm. through a company called Amway, which is a network marketing company. It got mm. launched in, I think, in India, 1998, if I'm not wrong. Uh, somehow got an invitation. I have no idea how they got my name and address. But I was opened up to the world of possibilities, opened up to the world of reading, getting better. And since then, I've not stopped and I haven't stopped yet. Also, you know, I, I do every year I do a couple of courses. So learning, you know, all that aspects of mindset and breaking my barriers, I was able to, you know, take you know, like steps forward and moving steps forward, 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 forward. A uh, place came, you know, where people say, oh, you, you know, you look like very, very confident for what you do. I can only say, you know what? Uh, I always had the talent. I, I realized that I did not need, I don't require any more talent. It is a skill which I acquired. Mm-hmm. And I realized that every skill is learnable. It is transferable. It is duplicable and it is sustainable. You know? And that's mm-hmm. what I do you know, for my students. I take the background scene now and I push my you know, uh, students to become the limelight, to have the spotlight you know, of speaking in public. So yes. I was not uh, this Amandeep to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but... You're awesome right now, you know, I have heard your, you know, I couldn't watch it live, although I would love to, but the energy that you have, I can still, you know, usually you cannot get it from the camera or virtually, but I could get it from you virtually. I saw the preview and it was amazing, amazing. I enjoyed it a lot. I'm glad you did. And uh, yeah, you know, know, for me, uh, it doesn't change much. I know this is very slight uh, change, but it doesn't change for me whether I'm in a virtual space or whether I'm, you know, in a physical live event, Mm. I, you know, I understand about energy. So that's what I do. You know, I oscillate at a higher frequency as my mentor, you know, somebody like Tony Robbins taught me 13 years back. Mm. And I like to, you know, remind myself of that, you know, of that uh, lesson. And I, you know, I oscillate at a higher vibration, even in a, in a camera. And I think people, most people, you know, pretty much they get that. So maybe that's what you received, you know, when you were in the preview. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. I did receive the energies for sure. All right. So I would like to understand the journey. Like you were, you know, as you said, you came from a humble background and you had to struggle with education and all. So how was, you know, how did you end up in UK? Uh, that's a very, very, very interesting question. <laughs> um, you know, my, my father's of six brothers and uh, my father's eldest brother, you know, my Thayaji, as the Indian mm. Punjabi term, yeah. uh, worked 
you know, under British army, you know, during before before freedom. So there's a huge age gap, you know, between my father's uh, eldest brother and him. Yeah, he's pretty much like, you know, his son age. So, Mm -hmm. you know, olden days, we used to have series of kids, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think my my my, pa- my fathers are like nine ten brother sisters. I think three kind of died in in their infant age, and oh. they are total seven. You know, six brothers, one sister. Yeah. Um, so I you know would receive my cousins you know uh, in Delhi. I would pick them up from the Delhi airport. I, only thing I knew about Delhi was Dwalakwa. I remember if I if mm-hmm. I'm in Dwalakwa, I'm close to the airport. <laughs> yeah. So I would pick them up because he he came to the UK under you know that British Army thing he did. Uh-huh. Uh, so I would pick my cousins up. And I would love, you know, the fragrance and even the razor blade, you know, my cousin would use, he would bring for you for me. Mm. And it just, you know, the whole, uh, the whole understanding, you know, like it's a fascinating world, you know, you are, you, you are imagining. Yeah. So I always wanted to come to UK. Um, mm. And eventually it happened, you know, when I think it was, two, yeah, it was 2006. Mm. I was still working in a call center. My English improved a lot, you know, mm. with the help of call center training. And uh, I have done my graduation. I've done a few years, you know, of uh, experience, which they think it's better before you do a master's from uh, a foreign university. Mm. And my cousin, you know, was very kind enough to give me a sponsorship. So he actually literally paid for my college fees, never asked it back because Mm. I could have never paid myself, you know, with my call center uh, salary and my parents didn't have the funds to pay for me. Uh, So yeah, coming back, you know, um, this is how my journey started. You know, I went to a place called Newcastle, which is, kind of northeast, you know, part of England, it's a small town. Mm-hmm. And that's where I studied for two years and then relocated to London, you know, where actually I am based right now. So it has been, I think God has been kind, to be honest. And my cousin, you know, has been a great uh, support for me to have that London dream come true, you know, which is for a lot of Indians and especially for uh, Punjabis, you know, we, we Punjabis love to go to a foreign land. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Half of Canada is all Punjab, mini Punjab, actually. It is, you know, I heard they have got uh, Punjabi, you know, signboards now. <laughs> yes. And uh-huh. there are some mini places where they have manjis outside during summers. The restaurants uh-huh. are like a bit like dhabas. Yeah. I heard, uh-huh. you know, I haven't been to Canada yet, but yeah. my cousins, they say there are certain segments in Canada, like in mm. Toronto. And th- these are like, uh, yeah, almost like a hub. Punjab. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Small hubs, you know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's wonderful. Actually, a lot of places I have seen, like Singapore, uh, you have a many Indian Singapore, you can, Dubai is completely India, honestly, you don't find their locals at all in Dubai. Yeah, there Maybe are Indians um, everywhere. big segments like, you know, where you feel, oh, is, am I in Dubai? Am I in Singapore? Or is it India? <laughs> true, true. Even in London, we have those hubs, by the way, you know, South oh, Hall wow. is like completely uh, Indian vibes. I still remember, you know, oh. when we owned the World Cup 2011, yeah. I was driving, you know, from Stress Management Society, where I used to work, hmm. uh, to my home, which is just like 10, 12 miles, hmm. which takes half an hour normally on a day. Yeah. That took me, that day, it took me four hours because I have to get through South Hall to come to my place, Hounslow. Hmm. The roads were chocolate blocks and people were celebrating, you know, the win. And it felt like, you know, we, you are in India. It were like, like, you know, our Indian flags everywhere. Hmm. It was just amazing. Wonderful. Yeah. So when you come to London, we will take you to South Hall which is Definitely, completely right. kind of Indian, Indian community. Definitely. I would love to. So I also heard that you were, you know, a big fan of uh, Tony Robbins and talking about manifestation of dreams here. Like you manifested your dream of going to UK and you also manifested your dream of, you know, becoming the lead trainer for Tony Robbins preview, uh, unleashing the power within. So how did, how did you make that happen? How did you, you know, manifest that dream? Uh, in the beginning, you know, I, 
I did not plan to become Tony's trainer, but definitely I wanted to be a trainer and share the gift, you know, of uh, transformation, empowerment, uh, inspiration, motivation, you know, with people. Because I realized that if I can shift, you know, from being a introvert, shy, you know, suicidal person to this, who I am, mm. I, I thought, you know what, the, there are people who would be looking for help. So I, I came to know about Tony, you know, through a training program I did in India many years back in 2003. I did a program with a local trainer in Delhi, a motivational mm. program. And I became friends with somebody and they recommended me a book called, you know, Awaken the Giant Within. Mm. I mean, this is the exact book, you know, by the way, I, I bought in 2003. Wow. Uh, the new book, uh, the color has changed. It is a red cover. Yeah. And it's very interesting, you know, when I obviously read this book, I had a lot of realization. And if you see in the camera, you know, my pencil notes, they're still intact in my book. Yes, I can see. Wow. Yeah. The reason, you know, I would write with pencil because all my school and college days, I got secondhand books. And, you know, some seniors, you know, would put a lot of pen marks. So you were mm. conditioned not to put pen marks, you know, in your books. Mm. So I read Tony's book in 2003 when I was in Delhi for my further studies. And he kind of became my, you know, virtual hero, somebody you, and you know, if you look at this book, there is no picture, you know, as such, it is mm. a very subtle picture. Yeah. And when, any, when you think of somebody, you know, you see their picture in the mind. Mm. So I went to Newcastle when I came here, you know, with a scholarship or a sponsorship from my cousin, and I was looking for a part-time job, you know, on, on a website called Gumtree. Mm. Um, and, you know, where the classified for jobs are, the next to that classifieds, you know, there was a picture of Tony flashing okay. up. And it said, you know, a free book from Tony Robbins. Hmm. I mean, I I love Tony, you know, (laughs) Hmm. but I'm an Indian at the same time. It said free, you know, so I couldn't (laughs) resist my temptation. I clicked (laughs) and I already knew about his book, you know, so Hmm. I was excited to get a free book. And they did post me and as a promise, this book, you know, notes from a friend. Hmm. I read this book and after a few days, I got a call from their office because it was a marketing campaign uh, to attend his live event. I did not have enough funds uh, because I was a new immigrant, you know, um, doing a part-time job in, in Newcastle. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy realized that, but, you know, he was supportive and helpful my, for my cause. And he gave me some student kind of payment plan, you know, where I had a little bit of discount, maybe 10% or something. And I got three payments to pay, you know, I paid, I think, 360 pounds uh, mm-hmm. over a period of three weeks. Okay. And then it was June 2007, you know, I think it was yeah, June 2007 when I attended Unleash the Power Within, which is Tony's signature program in London. Hmm. Uh, on the first day, you know, Tony takes you through this whole process that it fear only which stops most people from becoming the who, who they really want to become. You know? So I, I realized you know, the power or let's say the understanding why I, I am blocking myself. Yeah. And I did the firework and I had some breakthroughs. Uh, second day went by, I had some you know, more realization. But on mm-hmm. the third day, Tony does something called, you know, it's, it's a very deep process. He takes you into an emotional journey in your timeline. Okay. He re- helps you revisit, you know, your oh. past mm-hmm. and makes you speak to that past with the yeah. understanding you have in today's time. So it's like, you know, a 30-year-old Amandeep was talking to a 10-year-old Amandeep and I was able to, you know, release some of the uh, baggages I was carrying, you know, emotional level. Yeah. And uh, I had such a major breakthrough. First, I was struggling, to be honest, you know, but then I had the breakthrough and obviously I was in tears, you know. I mean, I had a how do you say, you know, like an aha moment, like a big aha moment. Hmm. And it's on the third day, you know, by the end of third day, I made this decision, you know, deep inside my heart. I did not tell anybody, you know, that I would like to do something similar to what this guy is doing, you know, which is empowering, you know, and inspiring people. Yeah. And I set on a journey to explore. That's why, you know, I love the word explore. I was willing to go into the unknown 
mm. because I knew sitting in the known, I would not become that person I want to be. Mm. So I have to be okay to go into the unknown, you know, in a physical way, in an emotional way, in a, in a spiritual way, in a philosophical way, whatever the ways are. And I took that journey, you know, I researched for, I'll be honest, you know, for many months about all the amazing programs about public speaking, becoming a trainer, becoming a speaker, becoming a coach. And I did quite a few trainings, you know, from Cambridge Life Coaching to, um, you know, Christopher Howard's program to train the trainer with uh, Blair Singer, Success Resources programs, Clinton Swain's Play to Win Frontiers trainings, you know, I mean, Dr. John D. Martini's Breakthrough Experience. I can go on and on, okay? Yeah. And doing all these programs, you know, though I set on a path or a journey to support others to become a trainer, but I was shifting and changing it at a very deeper level as who I am and what I was becoming in the process. Mm. And that was very powerful. So when that was happening, it was just the initial stages, you know, where I was kind of, I did one program, you know, where just some known people came to support me. (laughs) Mm. And I, and I came to a place, you know, where I burnt my resources. Like I was so involved and engaged in learning that my earning was getting, you know, lower every day. So I came to a position where it, was, it is pretty much like I don't have any funds, you know, uh, to survive or, you know, in terms of my living is ex- uh, conditions are concerned. Mm. And I was attending this and I was volunteering this training program in success resources and yeah. somebody heard my situation and they gave me an offer to come and work in the office. So I worked in success resources office, uh, yeah. dialing the phone, you know, selling Tony's ticket. And then the situation mm. came, you know, uh, where, Richard Tan, you know, who's the owner of Success Resources, was, was doing these two uh, preview sessions. You know, preview session is like you do a teaser for two, three hours, something, you know, what you attended. Mm. And then you make an informed decision whether you would like to go and see Tony for four days, yeah. uh, either live or now it is virtual. Yeah. So he was supposed to do two sessions, one mm. in the morning and uh, one in the afternoon. But he had a little flight change because he was supposed to be in Singapore early morning for some meeting. Okay. Now, success resources can get, you know, any top trainer pretty much to speak on their stage. Mm. It's not a problem for them. You know, people uh, stay in the line and the queue to speak for success resources one day as trainers. Yeah. But within a short notice for a Western world, you know, it is difficult to get somebody because most people diaries are booked. Mm. So they called a few pe- trainers. They said, we would love to be there, but I'm in Spain. I am in Germany. I am with my family in a park. So we can't come, you know, we would love to come, but some other day. And uh, the room is booked for, people are coming, everything is paid for. And then I was a staff, you know, just recently joined the office. And they knew that I've done one or two workshops before this. They did not know what scale, who I spoke to, who who known people came. They Mm -hmm. all knew that, you know, Amandeep can do a bit of speaking. We heard that he's trained and he can kind of, you know, manage. So yeah, I was asked to, you know, get up on stage last minute. And rather than being a staff, I was asked to become the trainer. And that was, you know, my beginning of becoming a Tony Robbins trainer. I mean, there is more story to that. Uh, You know, obviously I did a decent job with whatever I was given as a notice. And after that, I've never looked back. Neither did success resources, you know, ever stop me or they opened up more doors for me, you know, because they saw this guy can do this in short notice. If we give him a bit more time and we, 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 you know, groom him a little bit, he can do great, you know? And so that's how, you know, I became a Tony Robbins trainer. So, Yes, sir. I, I heard that when uh, the story when you were talking, you know, it was kind of, I will be honest, a little funny and inspiring as well. Because when you told how nervous he was and like all of us are nervous and while we are taking that leap of faith, you know, in coming 
through this journey having this a job that we are always trained to have and then doing something of our own so how do you suggest people to break that you know uh, threshold or what should we say and how do they come out of their comfort zone to you know do something extra explore the world explore the unknown how do they do that it's a very powerful question and i believe it has got few layers to it um what i can recollect from my memory i always heard my mentor you know say that you always say yes for an opportunity mm. and obviously it's an opportunity you know you're looking forward to mm. uh, related to your interest your passion your purpose or slash you know sarasara whatever the words are for you okay yeah so because i had the strength you know which was transferred to me from my mentor when richard tan or let's say success resources with in, in a in a short hour notice said you know what amandeep would you step up and be willing to run the second session for tony robbins obviously you know there's a part of me said you know f shit you know <laughs> like normal you know human nature yeah but that did not come out okay i let that voice phase out fade out i heard the other voice you know which said this is your you know moment of glory and you will figure it out mm-hmm. I, i don't know how i'm going to do this but i'm going to figure it out so my 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 voice came out as yes and then i had nowhere to turn back you know and hide because people are coming in the room you got a few hours to prepare uh, we will give you a bit of help these are the slides check them out you know do your rehearsal whatever you want to do and be ready you know in whatever 2 3 hours and you will be on stage mm. so i had nowhere to hide you know so coming back i think to answer that question first is you got to have a support mechanism mm. which you know for uh, reinforces this belief in you that you can do it and then secondly you know, i think the only way you can you can know whether you are fit for something or not is just by doing it so coming back you know i think i i i can't help but quote something from my book is about failing you know what people see as failing i like to call it as a feedback mechanism hmm. people call setback people call it a failure i i don't like want to see that as an a feed as a failure or a setback i think you know i would like to see it as a feedback mechanism because i was emotionally highly charged up when i failed as as the people would say but i had some great learnings you know that why did i fail Mm-hmm. i did not do this marketing properly or i did not do this thing and those lessons you know can go with you forever and mm-hmm. you take those lessons apply in your life and make you know your results better the next time so coming back yeah a support of somebody who believes in you and secondly you know what i think you got to be okay to understand uh, that you are a human you will make mistakes you will fail and you you will learn through the process you know to 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 be that person yeah definitely sir like you have to try it first and then only you'll know that if it's going to work or not and you'll definitely have some learnings for yourself as well for everybody you know i mean just i mean i'm sorry but to quote this i'm sure you know when you started your podcast journey you were not the same person you are today and if you stay on this path you will you will not stay the same person as you are in the moment you will evolve to the next level mm. and that's why you know coming back our keyword is exploring we are we are exploring you know that what level we can go up to you know because they say you know what you have god inside you definitely you know pretty much but if your vibrations you know in the way you you know you oscillate if you can reach to that purity or whatever the word is okay you will you will feel it you know so it's a journey we travel and you got to be okay you know to make mistakes or fail or whatever you call it you know it will never be a jackpot in in first go mm-hmm. except on a rare occasion that's different but in most cases you have to go through that journey you know to to arrive definitely so you love being on stage and you love speaking you you feel that that is your home stage is your second home you call it your second home 
so when you heard about this lockdown and the covid thing change happening so how did you deal with that change coming virtually and how do you suggest people to deal with such changes because change is a constant for everyone that's correct minakshi and i think you you shared something very powerful very profound that the only thing permanent is change yeah yeah and you know i give a example uh, in my live training rooms I, you know, I tell people, I take a, you know, kind of a, like a, a vote or, you know, in a way I enroll people or, you know, engage them by saying, how many of you here, you like surprises, you know, and most people go, oh yeah, yeah I love surprises, you know, and yeah. I tell them that, okay, you go back home today and your home is blown away. <laughs> surprise. <laughs> uh, yeah. oh, no, 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 sir. We don't like that kind of surprises. You know, we like the kind of surprises, which brings us pleasure, <laughs> but life is based, you know, on, on, on two principles, pain and pleasure. Um, yeah. Um, I'll be honest, I'm a human. Mm-hmm. When this happened, a big part of me did not like it. And I think for the first few days, I was fighting it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you fight something, there's a lot of resistance. A lot of energy, you know, is, is wasted in that process. Mm-hmm. And I had a bit of a more challenge added up to my problems is that around the mid, mid of the month, March, mm-hmm. I lost a very dear friend. I woke up to a news, you know, of a friend uh-huh. not being in this earth anymore. So um, sorry for your loss, sir. Uh, well, I mean, thank you. She was younger than me. She was a she was a great healer, psychic person, trainer. So yeah, I had that news, and then in few days, it was you know what I was restricted. It's it, it, like things were happening for me. I thought parallelly, uh, I have a big loss, and then you know the events are not happening, which is a loss. You know, it's yeah. still we're recovering from it, hmm. and uh, there's so many things happening. You know, in 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 one go in the few days time. Hmm. A big part of you saying, you know, like, why the hell this is happening? <laughs> yeah, we have plans for this year. We have got a, you know, a, a, like a like an event happening on the fifth of April. There's a big batch coming up. Yeah. We had these and other events lined up, and we were all, you know, in this mindset that this is going to be one of the best years, you know, ever we had. True. And the universe came in saying, "Hello, <laughs> good morning, people. <laughs> Surprise." <laughs> So yeah, a few yeah. days was challenging. I mm-hmm. also had a very bad, bad throat and, you know, like in the beginning of April. And I thought I, I, I probably, I thought, you know, that I, I've got COVID maybe. <laughs> and um, yeah, it, I couldn't sleep for five, five nights. But then I was pushed to that much of, you know, let's say a, a challenging space that I had no other way except for coming out, you know, as a strong person. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think, you know, adversity does for our life. I went on a complete fast for 10 days. You know, I just stayed on liquid, fresh juice oh. and uh, rebranded myself, you know, in 10 days, reinvented myself, recalibrated myself, refocused myself. I think the re is the word, you know, in COVID's face. Yeah. And I, I, sorry, you know, but some people may not relate to this. I want to say thank you, COVID. Seriously, I have already sent, you know, so much of gratitude to COVID. I have learned so much in the last five months about virtual space and doing virtual events. I'm not learned in five years. I was keeping that part of my life, you know, kind of ignorant, let's say, or not looking into it, not focusing into it. I was just busy doing events. And there's so much of valuable stuff was there in my hard disk, you know, in, in my Mac, in my iMac, in my iPad. Oh God, you know, I'm so much work I have done and I was not mm. really showcasing them in the right way. Mm. So we got so much time, you know, to work on our craft at a deeper level. I, I'm so proud, you know, of what we created during, during the uh, COVID time, during the pandemic time. And we had a first batch, you know, a virtual event where 36 people were tuning in from different yeah. part of the world, learning public speaking at mm. a virtual platform. 
Yeah. I built a home studio, by the way, you know. Wow. <laughs> yeah, under nice. $200, you know, maybe 150 pounds roughly. Wow. And like a couple of ring lights, a couple of few little bits and pieces. Even right now, I'm using a webcam as my phone. Yeah. yeah so, wow. Cool. Yeah. I mean, there's so much happened because of COVID and pandemic. So anybody listening in right now, uh, change is the only thing which is permanent. And, you know, as Bruce Lee says, become the water, you know, so you got to flow. If you resist, you know, you're hitting, hitting the wall as in my understanding. Okay. If you flow, you will figure out a way. Everything is here for a reason. And who knows, uh, you know, you will discover the new layer, which is within you. Definitely. So, so true. So, so talking about as you went through a lot of change and you're saying, you know, you lost a friend. So recently India lost a very beloved Bollywood actor. And though this news wouldn't have hit as hard, but then COVID was already, you know, torturing people and through change and bringing rough times in their lives, people were getting already panicky. And then this news hit them really hard. He committed suicide and people don't know what happened, but it came as a real shock to them. So, and mental health is something that is not talked about a lot in the families and not given that importance that it is required to be given. And we know that you have also been through that phase. You have been suicidal once. So how do you suggest people to, you know, uh, cope up with such thoughts and, you know, give mental health that importance that it deserves and talk about mental health? Yeah, I mean, first of all, you know, it's it's a big loss. I mean, what a year, you know, we are having, you know, from Definitely Rishi Kapoor so. to Fan Khan, you know, I mean, then you so get a many. news like, yeah, yeah. Shoshant Wal, you know, you cannot help uh, but not forget, you know, his smiling face every time you think about this man, you know. Chills, yes. Yeah, young boy, you know, and he did a legendary movie, you know. Mm. I mean, when you do a movie like Dhoni, you know, and if he has done it, you know, I don't know the depth of it. Uh, now, obviously, there's a new investigation going on, you know, through the help yeah. of CBI. Yeah. And I hope, you know, and I hope, I'm sorry, you know, but I, I hope that he did not give up on life. He did not look as a guy, you know, who would give up on life. Yeah. But let's say, you know, whatever the truth we understand right now from the information mm-hmm. we have, if it was an act of suicide, mm-hmm. uh, then the research says, you know, what that every human being, uh, that's the way they say it or let's say most human beings, you know, 99.9% people once in their lifetime get a thought about suicide once in their lifetime. Mm. And then people like me, you know, go at a deeper level, you know, take a blade, you know, in the middle of the night and uh, make an effort to cut their nerve, but obviously don't, they're not successful because the fear of the pain, you know, takes over. That's what happened to me. You know, mm. I was holding that the blade in next to my wrist, you know, for a couple of nights because when I relocated from, uh, from Calcutta to Punjab, my problems became bigger, you know, I was bullied and abused and I had real, you know, challenges coping up with a new way of living. Mm. Uh, but with people in my age, you know, they were a bit more physically strong than me because they were into farming mm. and, you know, all that stuff happened to me. Uh, and yeah, you know, my family doesn't know that I, what I was going through, you know, I think four, five months in my life when I was in Punjab, I was literally crying, you know, pretty much all through the night, pretty much. Um, and uh, I had really massive, strong thoughts about giving up on my life because I couldn't cope up, you know, with the pressure of not being pure enough, you know, as a pure Punjabi or a pure Jut boy, you mm. know, h- tough hands and rock solid, you know, all that peer pressure. Yeah. Um, so I'm sorry, you know, it's the truth of life uh, that we normally would not talk about these things, uh, but 
if you're not talking to anybody, you know, about whatever you're going through, you know, because I think most people wake up, you know, to fight a battle, let's say, you know, in a way that you have to provide food for your family. You, you know, you got to look after your kids, you got to manage, you know, whatever the worldly world is right now. But then if you have these massive voices, you know, which is coming out from wherever part of your mind and which is saying, you know what, you're not worthy of living anymore. Mm. And the only solution which they can see is to, you know, take their own life. Then this is all I want to say, you know, that there is help, by the way, there is definitely help. You got to see it. And until unless you reach out to one person, you know, it could be even a random call. You know, I think there are a couple of societies and organizations right now, even in London, we have, I'm sure, you know, there are in, in, in India as well. Yeah, and they're yeah. toll free numbers also. Mm. All you got to do is call up, you know, and I, I can tell you, you know, I, I have worked behind the scenes with some of these organizations. They are very, very, you know, um, strict about their confidentiality, you know, uh, policies. Mm. So just speak to them, you know, just speaking to a human voice, even if you don't know them, gives you this peace of mind that, you know, somebody is there to care for me. I think the only time, you know, you shut down to the world is because you think there is no help, but there mm. is help. I, I want to share this, you know, from my experience. And secondly, you know, I think sometimes if you get too bogged down with your problems and challenges and you completely focus on your own self, you know, you get blinded. So if you can, you know, and this, they say, you know, this is one of the biggest remedy and I can guarantee on this because I have done it with a couple of my clients that if you shift your focus from you, you, you to somebody else and you want to support and help them in whatever ways you can, you know, even it could be a tiny little smile you can give somebody, you know, it can really bring you back to life. If you're mm. thinking about those terms, you know, that you don't have any more reasons to live. If you shift your focus from you, 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 you to somebody to support in whatever ways you can, you know, I'm sorry, you know, but in my understanding, and I might be wrong, most yeah. people living in slums don't commit suicide. Most who are laborers, they don't commit suicide because they are not going down this, you know, deep down thoughts, you know, of challenges and problems, you know, mm. they wake up, they work on their craft, whatever the labor they do, make money in daily wages that they live their life. Mm. It's only, you know, when you get a couple of cars, a couple of fame, a couple of businesses, then you start thinking about all the shit in your head. So yeah. shift your focus, you know, from you, 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 somebody else. And I think that can serve you uh, to come out of that zone. But please, if you're listening, you know, no matter what happens, reach out if you have any kind of mental challenges and it's absolutely okay to, you know, talk about it. I'm sorry to say, you know, this whole bullshit, I hope, you know, I can translate this, that men don't feel pain. Mm. It's for everybody, by the way, women as well, but yeah. especially the whole act, you know, all the idea that men doesn't feel pain is the biggest bullshit been sold to you by movies. And it was okay for Amitabh Bachchan to say that in that movie, but it's not okay, you know, for men to feel that way and think, you know what, they are the only one who has to handle all the pressure and not talk about it. We yeah. can cry, by the way, if you don't know, because that's the best natural healing process given to human being. So yeah, I don't mind crying, you know, and some one trainer told me, you know, that you should put contact lenses when you're on stage. I cannot because I cry like three to four times when I do my events, you know, <laughs> so I cannot put contact lenses. <laughs> No, definitely, sir. So true. And good answer. Like, yes, people should definitely reach out to people. And if you guys want, if anybody listening to it is feeling something, you know, feeling very down or depressed, sir is right here. Amandeep sir has been through it and he can definitely help you. This is gonna, you know, yeah, you just talk out. out. I mean, yeah, if you reach out, we will definitely, you know, support you. If that's the zone you have hit, you know, 
And again, I, I, not only me, you know, Minakshi, there's a lot of great, amazing people there who are doing a phenomenal job. And some, you know, they do this like, uh, like full dedicated work, you know, they have, in, they have invested and surrendered their whole life towards this cause, you know. So please guys reach out. There's a lot of help there. Yes. So during these COVID times, people are also seeing change in, you know, like the speaking mentoring business, like you said, it all went virtual, you planned something else and now it's all virtual. So and people are also panicky about, you know, losing their jobs. So how important do you think it is to have multiple sources of income in these times while you know that you can, you know, now is the time. It's a wake up call for everybody. So how people should manage this and, you know, uh, follow their heart and passion. How should they do that and have these multiple sources of income rather than just depending on their jobs? Okay, this is my take, you know, on, on this question is that, uh, first of all, you know, I, um, I want to, you know, make the listeners aware that please understand, you know, when my father was my age, probably 30 plus years back, he lived in something called an, you know, industrial age, pretty much. Mm. And it's been maybe roughly 20 years or so we have come into something called information age. Yeah. Uh, So if you want to, you know, keep pace with, with what is happening around you and you want to always be, you know, uh, rewarded, awarded, incentivized, if that's the word for the work you do either in a job format or in a business format or an entrepreneurship format, you got to understand, you know, my friend, whoever you are, see the system doesn't discriminate. Okay. There are some laws, you know, to the nature and you have to mm-hmm. follow those laws. Otherwise you'll be penalized. Okay. Yeah. We live in the information age. Okay. If you're not upgrading yourself on a regular basis. Okay. I cannot put an exact timeline, you know, is it few days to few weeks to few months, depending on the craft you are in, then you are losing out, you know, at the topmost in a year, if you're not doing one specialized education, uh, you could be in trouble, even in the same job, which you have been in for four, five, six years. Okay. Sure. They might think about, you know what, to let you go because mm. you haven't upgraded yourself. I'm sorry. You know, we live in this, you know, zone where phone upgrade happens on every, whatever few weeks, uh, Mac upgrade happens, window upgrade happens, you know, you got to upgrade, you know, your, your knowledge, you know, whatever you call it. Okay. So please either in a job or business doesn't matter. You got to upgrade yourself on a regular basis. At least one specialized education program you must do in, in, in a, in a, in a year. Okay. Just to keep up with the pace of information age. Now coming back, I do believe that just job is just over broke. You're pretty much paying your bills every month. And if you keep doing it, there is nothing wrong with it. And you must start with a job and you must stick to a job for a good number of years until you get all the expertise, all the knowledge, you know, and all the understanding of how to run your operation or your business when you start. But if you stay there forever, the only problem will happen. A day will come when there only would be a pension if you're lucky. And that pension would not be enough you know, for you uh, to, you know, fetch your living in that time, which is 30 years from now with inflation, everything would happen. Mm. So you must think about, you know, an exit strategy. And that's, you know, I'll repeat one more time. You do not quit your job just because you heard me that, you know, job is not, it will lead you to your real freedom. Please. I said, invest, you know, yeah. good quality number of years, learn, you know, if you're in your early twenties, then mid twenties, early to uh, late twenties, then you must work at the place where you can learn and get better. Then find an exit strategy, which will take you a good number of years. I cannot define, you know, whether it'll be three or seven, it will be definitely in between or a bit more, a bit less, depending on your situation. So do an exit strategy and then start something of your own. Okay. And this is what I tell, you know, 
until your side hustle. The side hustle is, you know, when you're completely honest to your job, you're doing what you're supposed to do, giving them, you know, the value for what they pay you the salary for mm-hmm. in your evening hours, you know, in your weekends, whatever extra hours you have, you hustle or whatever the word is, you know, you invest those hours yeah. to work on your craft, whatever you're passionate about or whatever the business you want to create. And when your side income becomes at least half, and then it depends, you know, if you're single, you can even leave when it's one third. If mm-hmm. you're married, you've got kids, it has to be 70%. So yeah. anything around, you know, that range, you know, half roughly, then you can think about leaving your job and then go full-time into your business. And it can only get better, you know, when you start doing it full-time. Yeah. So coming back to the multiple income stream, I want to suggest the listeners, guys, in my understanding, if you put your hands in too many things, you know, you are burning yourself. That's mm-hmm. the way I look at it. I already said, you know, that I want you to be an entrepreneur. I want you to become an independent person, but hustle something on the side and keep your job as your main focus. And you've got to have some family time. You got to, you know, enjoy life. So I do not say, you know what, have like five streams of income in one go. No, mm. I'm not recommending that because I don't do that myself. I would suggest do your job and do something on the side. And when you, that side becomes your mainstream of income, then take that money as Robert says, Kiyosaki, you know, rich dad, poor dad, mm. and make that money, money work for you. And that's why, you know, I invest in properties for the last few years, but I couldn't do that. You know, in the beginning, I still had an intention but until I figured out my job, left success resources four years back, became business partners, money started coming in, you know, from my business, then I was able to, you know, allocate some of the funds towards property. Mm. And that's all I do, you know, speaking and properties on the side. Mm. To be honest, I get invitations for Forex trading from my trainer friends and other stuff. I don't think, you know, if I do, if I juggle too many balls, it's, it's too much to focus for. I'm not saying, you know, you cannot. For a person like me, and again, you have to remember this. I love what Viral Cody said, you know, in one of the interviews, hmm. he said, because of my body type, I had to work harder because I come from a Punjabi family with parathas and stuff like that. Yeah. So I come from a family, you know, the same culture, you know, parathas and all, most of my, you know, elders have uh, diabetes problem. So hmm. I have to be extra careful compared hmm. to somebody who's lived in the Western world with fresh air, fresh water, and they can digest more, you know, the metabolism is strong compared to my metabolism. Mm. So again, depending you know, on what kind of life you've lived, what background you are from. I'm sorry, very passionate about this right now. Yeah, yeah. Please do your homework. Okay. Just listening to somebody said, you know, multi-street stream of income, you jump into 10 different things and then you are like, you know, overwhelmed and you want to give up everything. That's what happens for people. They want to give everything up. Then it's like, I, I'm overwhelmed. I'm going to go over to Jap and do nothing. <laughs> Yeah, depending on your situation, you can juggle three, four, four balls. But most people, I would suggest, if, if you're like me, just do one mainstream, build something on the side. When that side becomes the mainstream, then take money out of it and then do whatever mutual funds, property, forex, play around. Okay, that's the way I would suggest you. I have never seen anybody, you know, while they were becoming a millionaire, doing 10 different things. Once they became a millionaire, then they took that funds out and started doing other things, you know. And then they, they talk about this multiple stream of income. That's me, you know, that's the way I look at it, you know. No, seriously, golden. This was golden. Like there's not so much risk involved. And plus you have, you know, the inspiration to do something plus have your job for the, you know, the risk factor wouldn't be there. <laughs> You'll have I mean, your see, job. Humanly, not, humanly, it's not possible, you know, yes. for you to, even if you're deciding to juggle four balls, you're asking too much out of yourself. You will burn out. Yeah. You know, you got to have a family. You got to have some time for entertainment. You know, you've got to take holidays, even if you decide one holiday a year, hmm. you've got to have all that, you know. So yeah. when, you're, when you're pressurizing yourself beyond a level, oh God, that could be, you know, a very challenging situation. You know, yeah. you might just drop off one day, you know, unconscious. Hmm. 
True. And that did, you know, it takes out all the purpose of, you know, inspiring people. It's like you're pressurizing them even more, even further than, you know, they were in the job. Now they have their own things to do and they don't have a backup. So now they'll be even more, uh, you know, troubled. Yeah. And when you go into that desperate zone, you know, then you don't get business. Yeah. You know, if you get angry because people are not giving you the business, mm. you're getting agitated. That energy doesn't serves you, you know, from bringing more revenue and more business in. Yeah. Yeah. If you get the business, great. If you don't get it, you're not just like your food is not relying, you know, on that business and then mm. more business will come. Yeah, definitely. All right. So coming to the travel path. So you know, you have been traveling a lot of places around the world. You have been speaking in Europe, Dubai, Singapore. You have been traveling a lot through your speaking. So uh, any cultural differences or interesting stories that you have in your, or any travel experiences that you would like to share with us? Yep, I will. Mm, how much time we have got? <laughs> I got a lot. <laughs> okay, great. Um. I would like to talk about, you know, my backpack trip. Okay. Yep. I mean, um, I got introduced to this whole term by my cousin's son. That's my right. cousin's son, you know, I think, which is kind of a little bit of a culture here in the Western world, not completely, completely. Okay. But most kids, I think, you know, they, when they graduate around that time, they take a gap year and mm. then they go out, you know, traveling on a very tight budget. They call it a shoestring, whatever, you know, mm. uh, backpack trip. Mm. So my cousin's son, who's pretty much my, my age, you know, um, did that in 2000, I think four. And in that, you know, he also had a segment, a leg of India to be covered in his own way, not okay. going into the village, mm. but going into the South and exploring it, you know, in a tight budget. Mm. So when he came to meet me in Delhi, eventually when he was finishing, and then he was supposed to fly back to London, you know, I got I got intrigued, you know, what is this backpack trip? You know, what is this mm. shoestring book you get where they give you all the information about the quality places and least of the you know budgets. Yeah. Uh, I said, okay, great. You know, I would do it too. I mean, why should I not? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I, I did some saving from my call center job and I took a 50,000 rupees loan. And my cousin was again, you know, very generous, even at that time uh, for my experiments to go on, as they say, going into the unknown, exploring it. Yeah. He gave me around the same amount, 50,000, you know, close to that as a, as a, as a personal loan, uh, as a gift, let's say. And I took whatever this one lakh 50,000, you know, and I still remember I flew in Biman Airlines, Bangladesh yeah. Airlines. <laughs> Now I know that they, they are not, you know, so fit as, as an airline to fly. But that was my cheapest, you know, flight ticket bet to go into like five different six countries. I still remember, you know, living in Dhaka for almost day and a half because I had a gap. And uh, I'm sorry, you know, but in Dhaka, I had a bit of a surprise, you know, kind of a thing because they were manually taking our passports, you know, and then they were okay. giving us this little paper token, you know. Oh, <laughs> yeah, which will which will guarantee that I can get my passport back. I was a bit concerned, you know. <laughs> but that was my first flight in life, 2005, you know, when I did it in July. I think oh. it was June or July. So from there, I went to Thailand. You know, I had a couple of days in Thailand. Then I went to Singapore. I went to Malaysia. And obviously, I ran out of funds. So before doing all the Southeast Asia, I had to come back. I went to China as well. Oh, yeah. And uh, wow. it's it, you know, a lot of interesting stories about, about traveling. When I went to China... You know, I realized that if your pronunciation is as not per what the local people understand, 
and they can take you somewhere else. <laughs> and yeah, I was surprised, you know what, for one more thing in China, that there were lady taxi drivers in 2005. Well. <laughs> I have not seen, you know, lady taxi driving out. So I, I, mean, I mean, I've got nothing against women can't drive, but that was a surprise for me. It's like a woman is driving taxi. And then, you know, I, made, I became friends with one Sardar guy who was doing some business thing. Mm. And we took a name, you know, which we thought is the right way to pronounce. He took us somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, we took help, you know, from a child, you know, who was probably 10, 12 years old. I, we realized that, you know, kids, some of them can speak English a little bit, but okay. most adults in China at that time wouldn't understand English. And they, if you want to speak in English, they'll say, uh, no English, no English, you know, <laughs> and very challenging, you know, to navigate our way through in, in China. Um, coming back, you know, I have memories of, of Hong Kong. Mm. I mean, in, my, in my life for the first time, you know, I literally saw clouds forming up, you know, like okay. you literally kind of, you see clouds forming up and then it rains, you know, yeah, that yeah. piece of cloud gives you rain. And it becomes clear within an hour or so. Hong Kong is so beautiful, you know. I mean, just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> then when I was in Singapore, probably that was kind of my last leg of the trip. Okay. And Singapore was the most expensive out of all the countries I've been to, you know, Southeast Asia. <laughs> yes. uh, because their dollars is very strong. I was living mm. in a hostel, which was recommended in that shoestring book. Mm. And I still remember, you know, they would give us complimentary breakfast. So we okay. would eat breakfast like there is no tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Super. You can go on for the full day. <laughs> and then I discovered, you know, that there is a Gurdwara, a Sikh temple, you know, uh, literally just a mile away from where I was living in the dormitory. Yeah. And I became friends with German, you know, uh, Spanish, uh, English. We, we were in, in like six, eight people you know, in that dormitory. Yeah. And I realized, you know, that humans are humans. It doesn't matter. You know, we are, we're most, us like, us like same, you know, we're from the same kind of, source been sent sent here and they had the same issues you know like budget issue and i was thinking you know <laughs> how come you know white people have budget issues <laughs> so i discovered this uh, gurdwara I, I i started going to you know having langar and uh, like dinner there you know so they, 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 they were stressed up because their funds were you know getting getting dried up i said you guys can come with me Mm. And they were not sure because, you know, culturally, it's not something the Western people are used to it. So I said, yeah, yeah they, they don't say anything to anybody. You could be anybody, any origin, but all you got to do is, you know, cover your head and you'll be fine. Uh, and you got to just bow down, you know, uh, in front of the holy book and you can put in anything you want, a penny or, 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 or a pound or a dollar. And that's it. And they don't even ask. You, you can just put nothing if you want. Mm. They said, are you sure? I said, yeah, yeah. So, you know, that number started going up. So first day, two people followed me. And then they, then they spread the word around in the hostel that there's a place where you can get free meals and they say nothing to you. It's not a religious kind of place. It is, but they don't say anything to you who you are. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I had like a bunch of 10, 12, you know, foreigners following me to the Gurdwara for a couple of days for free dinner, free lunch. They used to call, okay, Amandi, can we go for free dinner? I said, yeah, let's go. Sir, lunch. <laughs> Yeah, Singapore, <laughs> manga. Yes, even taking bus is a challenge, you know, sometimes. So you just walk in the evening, you know, if you don't have yeah. much money because you know you only have $70 left and you got another 10 days to go. <laughs> yeah, and we were also in a hostel and this Gurudwara thing was a bonus. I could have done this. By the way, you know, in Singapore, there are four or five Gurudwaras. It's wow. a 30 miles country. There are four or five gurdwaras and wow. the food they serve, you know, I'm sorry, but 
I mean, every Gurdwara food is great, you know, but Singapore, yes. the food they serve in the Gurdwaras is like jackpot. You eat a jackpot. Very nice. I mean, I have loads of stories you know, about traveling. I, I went to Slovenia to speak, I think four years back. Yeah. And uh, this girl, you know, used to work with me, Success Resources, Renata, a, a great, you know, great human being. Yeah. And she took me, you know, in the morning for a, like a traditional breakfast of Slovenian people. Wow. In a winter day, they have heaters outside. They give you blankets. Like, <laughs> soft, <laughs> nice rajais. <laughs> so you warm up in a rajai. Mm. They give you this Slovenian coffee, you know, which is different than normal coffee. They give you this, you know, flowery, uh, uh, you know, like a tin cup. Just jail mein hota. Wo white hote hain, par ye thode thode colorful hote hain. Par us tarah ke cups, you know, jail wale. Thode chote, utne bade nahi. And you know, they had these, you know, like natural bakery, uh, whatever breads, and this coffee. You know, they give you that you have to, you know, you can refill. Oh God, I don't drink coffee, you know, normally. Yeah. But in that zone, you know, in that morning flare of this country you you know you're in blankets in outside heaters and coffee and this natural bread oh god Must i mean been beautiful. beautiful oh yeah i mean it's, it's it's so was like you know like you feel like you know in a different world yeah heaven ha huh, you know like we don't imagine you know ki itni wintry day mein ek bahar ka experience aise milega aapko yeah uh, that was beautiful and she said you know you will love it i i i, I normally don't take do breakfast you know there's a reason mm. behind it Okay. She said, this is going to be one of those exceptional day. After we finished the event, the next day before we took the flight, uh, she took me, you know, and she said, this is traditional so Slovenian way of uh, doing breakfast, you know. Uh, wow. So that was beautiful, you know, beautiful, oh, wow, yeah. amazing. I can just imagine and I, I want to do that sometime in the future. Go for it, you know. <laughs> Go for it. It is so amazing the way they make you experience, you know, the wintry warm-up breakfasting whatever that is, you know, hospitality. Yeah. <laughs> These are the beautiful moments, you know, when we travel. The sightseeings are the ones that, you know, pretty boring ones. Like, go explore the cultures. Like, go. Like, so you have so many stories because you have explored the cultures from around the world. Right? That's beautiful. I love traveling. I love traveling. And I think that's what I'm missing right now in the COVID and pandemic. <laughs> Everybody is. <laughs> they want to just get out now. As soon as yes, you open I... up, yeah. All right, so, so one more thing. Um, you have spent your childhood in Kolkata and Punjab, a mix, you know, cultural difference. So being as a, you know, roots in Kolkata and Punjab. So you have seen Punjab, the raw part of Punjab and raw part of Kolkata back in the days. So any beautiful memory from your childhood that you would like to share with us? One from Kolkata and one from Punjab. Uh, for Kolkata, I was just, you know, doing a live today on Instagram and uh, it's good. You know, I, I, you know, I have great memories of Durga Puja. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, even till this day, I get excited about Durga Puja yeah. and I don't know it was, whether it is, you know, Ma's, Ma's Durga's blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sorry, you know, I think I might, I'm getting, you know, a bit, a uh, bit, a bit emotional here, but just, you know, I'm talking about my memories. Um, Durga Puja, you know, meant that I will get a new pair of clothes, you know, you, you know, and that time I still remember, we used to call him master, you know, tailor Jo Thanos master uh-huh. So you will buy the clothes, then he will stitch it for you. And that's the, you know, trend used to be. Mm. Uh, so Durga Puja has, you know, um, a lot of fascination, you know, in, in my brain. 
no matter where in where, where i'm in the world when durga puja time starts which is pretty much now a month and a few days before the pandals will start coming up and the big pandals you know would take more time i remember you know collecting chanda you know with couple of other people to raise funds for the pandals yeah and every year there will be a different theme you know of the pandals they would do and sometimes i would get some positions you know to uh, to zen you know like the cues and lines and and all the dance you know when you do the bisarjan of madurga yeah, yeah oh yeah i mean i just uh, i just you know have great memories of durga puja uh, so yeah i just love totally, that whole totally. fascination of the whole city you know lighting yeah. up seriously yeah. and i have seen that when you are going to that particular state that celebrates it for real like uh, maharashtra is for uh, ganesh ji and i have been yes. in maharashtra by mistake during this ganesh visarjan time and it was amazing like the experience throughout india and then maharashtra like super amazing you get so many modaks for free and all those pandals offer you those modaks mind blowing modaks and the way they are so much into it you know when they are going for ganesh ji they totally stop everything the world stops for them because focus is totally on ganesh ji so that energy yes. and vibes that you get you know it's beautiful so i can understand durga puja is one on my bucket list to attend in bengal once at least wearing those sarees doing that cultural thing it would be beautiful <laughs> yes yes uh, i think they call it a sindoor something you know on the final day uh, and yeah they put you know big sindoors ladies you know and that's very uh, interesting as well on the final day when we have the bisarjan before the bisarjan yeah and for punjab uh, well i'm i'm thinking you know uh, punjab has been a bit of a tough journey for me uh, especially I- I- in the beginning and mm-hmm. i was 16 you know when i relocated to punjab yeah um i think you know i would say when the farm gets green hmm that's a beautiful phase you know of being in punjab hmm. uh, like you know wo sarso ke khet jo movies mein hote hain dilwale dulhaniya le jayenge uh-huh. that you see in the movies but if you if you live if you're living in punjab especially in the villages uh obviously there are a lot of other challenges around you know farming okay yeah definitely <laughs> just the end product i think it's it's a very soothing you know uh, energy mm. or kind of a frequency or wind which blows you know yeah that that gives you a different kind of a you know uh, happiness you know mm. uh, so whatever you call it you know sondhi sondhi you know wo khushboo aati hai wo bada acha phase hota hai punjab ke gaon mein us waqt it's very green you know very beautiful yeah. beautiful so uh, you're also an author and you're also writing another book so what is your previous book about and the next that you're working on about okay that's great i mean yeah i did launch you know my book finally this year in january the secret of winning mm. <laughs> um i'm writing two books at the moment one book i'm writing you know with my students um to support them and for them to see them you know and perceive them as authors Hmm. because uh, one of the things we teach uh, is that author leads you to authority you know if you yeah. add ity with the author it becomes authority so yeah. writing a book definitely you know uh, helps you to be that authority from where people can come and learn or do business with you know hmm. and there there is a book in in all of us by the way yeah. Uh, it, yeah it's our unique story it's our unique journey unique lessons you know unique experiences which we want to share with our a tribe or our target audience or whatever you call it okay yeah. so that's the book i'm writing um i think that title most likely is going to be what's stopping you okay um, wow. yeah there's a group of 20 authors coming together who will become amazon international bestsellers on the first day of the launch wow 
<laughs> that's going to yeah. be wonderful. The, yes, that's it. And I've written, I've written, it's pretty much finished. I've written a mini book uh, on, uh, uh, on speaking, public speaking, which we are uh, branding it or the title we are giving, you know, is Million Dollar Speaker. Wow. Yeah. And then I have another book, you know, a couple of more books, but maybe another book, which will be kind of Bible maybe, or uh, Gita, you know, or Quran, mm. you know, for public speaking, oh, wow. which will be a massive book. But I think that will take me a bit more research, a bit more time. So maybe next year or 2022, uh, that book will be out. That will be a massive book. But for now, yeah, coming back to your question. So I'm, I'm going to launch, you know, Million Dollar Speaker, uh, the mini book uh, this month, most likely, if not next month. And uh, the other book which we are writing with the students, um, which is What's Stopping You, will be launched end of November or beginning of uh, December. It's a, it's a three months project. Wonderful. All the best to everybody who are in Thank this. You. Yeah. Thank you. And so you have this Brilliance Academy. So the people who want to connect you for that, to follow their passion, how can they join the Brilliance Academy and how can they connect to you if they want to? I think the best thing would be uh, to come to one of our webinars, which is a virtual event. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening to, the, to this recording after the pandemic, which is very much possible because mm-hmm. <laughs> this video will have a shelf life forever, uh, mm-hmm. then I would recommend come to, you know, a live life physical event uh, if it is happening around you, you know, or within your country. Um, the best way to reach us uh, is through my website, which is the easiest way. And the website is the, T-H-E, the, my name, Amandeep, uh, dot com theamandeep.com. I, I love Sri Devi's movie. She goes, you know, the United States, ho sakta hai, the United Kingdom, ho sakta hai, to the India, kyun nahi ho sakta? So we have listened to her and we have registered the amandeep.com website, why can't we be the amandeep? Why can't we be the amandeep? Just go to theamandeep.com and then it will start the conversation. I'll provide a link in the description as well. So this is the end of the interview, Amandeep. It was a lovely, lovely conversation and inspirational and insightful as well. Thank you so much for being with us. It was an honor having you. Thank you. Uh, God bless you. Or as amazing calm karte ro, aur aage Thank you, sir. Dunia mein inspiration baatte ro. Thank you, sir. Lots of success ah. to you as well. Thank you so Thank much, you. sir. Thank you. So this was Amandeep Thin's inspiring life journey so far and some amazing travel experiences. I hope this episode was inspiring and motivating for you. Thank you so much for giving your precious time to this podcast. If this episode was inspiring and insightful, please do drop a comment on my Instagram and YouTube at rate my boho voyage. Also do check out my YouTube channel at rate my boho voyage for the video version of this episode. Please do subscribe and give a 5-star rating and hopefully write a review for Inspiring Explorers. Also, please don't forget to connect with me on Instagram and YouTube. Drop me a hi or send me a comment so that I know we are in this journey together. This has been Akshay Srivastava, your host for Inspiring Explorers, saying goodbye. See you next week with an amazing, inspiring interview. Till then, take care.